Hello and welcome to the Sonic Cinema Podcast. My name is Brian Scuttle and thank you for joining us at www.sonic-cinema.com. In my latest interview with uh, filmmakers whom I've reviewed films for over the years, uh, today's guest is Chris Esper. He is a writer-director out of Massachusetts whose short films include Still Life, Steak Knives, Always a Reason, and Please Punish Me. And uh, this summer, he released a book called The Filmmaker's Journey, or What Nobody Tells You About the Industry. It was an entertaining read. It's about 100 pages long. It's reasonably affordable online, and you can find it at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, uh, places like that. And it was my pleasure to talk to Chris today about the book, about his uh, films, and about some of the films and filmmakers who's inspired him over the years. So please uh, welcome Chris Esper. One of the filmmakers I've had the uh, pleasure of getting to know over the years through uh, both his work as well as social media is writer-director, a writer-director out of Massachusetts, uh, Chris Esper. And uh, this summer, he actually, in addition to his uh, film work, which includes Still Life and Please Punish Me, both of which have been uh, reviewed on Sonic Cinema, he also published a book called The Filmmaker's Journey, or What Nobody Tells You About the Industry. And it's a a really lovely, quick read. It's uh, it's an entertaining series of stories about his own uh, personal journey as far as uh, becoming a professional filmmaker, what it's like to sometimes be a professional filmmaker, and it's really uh, quite an enlightening experience uh, as far as the uh, modern uh, independent film, uh, the way independent films uh, tend to have to get made nowadays. And it's my pleasure to uh, talk with him today. Uh, thank, please welcome uh, Chris Esper. Hey, thank you for having me, Brian. Appreciate it. Well, I know, uh, I know we've we've talked. Uh, I know you've expressed interest on in being on the podcast for a long time, and part of the reason why I yeah. was because of the fact that I wanted to read the filmmaker's journey before I did so. Before right. we we uh, did an interview, and I'm p- glad that I did because it was really. It was a really entertaining book, and it's it's Thank interesting you. to me just how much uh, how much in how much uh, detail and how much um, information you're able to distill in just under a hundred pages. It's really quite impressive. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Yeah. What what exactly uh, inspired you to write the book? Uh, what inspired me? Well, um, I would say, well, for a while, I was doing a, uh, a video blog on my YouTube page of the same name, also called The Filmmaker's Journey. And in that, in that video blog, I would pretty much tell the same stories that I would uh, express in the book, except uh, with, with the video blog, I try to keep it at least three to five minutes, sometimes shorter. Uh, and so there's only so much you can really say in three to five minutes. And so... I decided that um, by writing a book version of what I wanted to say, I could express more, I could say more, and I could ultimately um, give more sound advice in writing than I could in video. Um, And that, and also because 
for a couple of years now, the, I, I just realized in graduating from college and trying to find work as a filmmaker and trying to make my own stuff, that there's, there's quite a bit of things about the business that nobody really mentions or says, or, and there's so many books out there that don't really give the full reality about what it's like being a filmmaker. And I think one of the biggest things that really prompted my inspiration to, to write the book was that <clears throat> if you read up about some of your favorite filmmakers or heroes or of any field, you know, the one thing I always notice is that there's always stories about, about all the success. Well, that's all good and fine, but what, but, but, but what's, but what did these people have to do to become a success that had to fail time and time again? And so I really wanted to show within the book to embrace your humble beginnings, embrace uh, struggles, embrace failure to oversee that and, and sort of, um, and uh, rise up above that. Uh, were there any particular books that you had read on film that inspired you? Not, not so much film books, actually. There was one book by Stephen Pressfield called, um, called The War of Art, and that really inspired me because that book really gave me a swift kick to, uh, to get up and do something uh, creative. Uh, when I read it, basically, it, uh, the author throughout the entire book, it's very short as well, only about 110 pages, I want to say, if not a little bit more. Uh, throughout the entire book, Stephen Pressfield just constantly gives reasons and excuses that people make as to why they can't do something creative. And so he kind of turns that around and says, you know what? There is no excuse. You can do something. You can do, you can make, uh, you can take that picture that you wanted to make. You can write that story that you wanted to tell, um, or what have you. And so that book really inspired me to, uh, want to get up and do something that, uh, so that was one, uh, resource that inspired me. And also, um, a couple of film books, uh, mo mostly books about, I guess, uh, not so much make movies, but more like the history of cinema and things like that. Like, uh, like those kind of books I've, I've often found attracted to. And also, um, life stories of some of my favorite directors, like reading those, um, kind of got me thinking, well, gee, you know, um, they had to start somewhere. So I kind of want to share what my current phase is and my starting, um, of my career. So yeah, I, I guess it was a combination of many things. I know, uh, I know one of the uh, one of the chapters, one of the areas that you talk about in the book that really interested me, and it, in the end, it does make sense. Is the idea of uh, your in addition to making film, making your own films, or trying to make your own films, you also are a videographer, and you've yes. also done a lot of work there. And uh, what is in what exactly in that profession, I think you talk about it in the book a little bit, but what exactly in that profession are you able, is there anything from doing that that you're able to translate into uh, your filmmaking interests? Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I try to actually use my creativity that I've gained in filmmaking. I try to translate it into my videography. Then, um, for example, when I do weddings, let's say, because uh, that's really what pays a lot of bills for me is doing weddings and filming them. Uh, I always tell couples, you know, different ideas like, oh, you know, instead of me just filming your day, I could do something unique. Like I could film, I you know, we could recreate your proposal on film. We could recreate your first date or I don't know, something like that, that makes it 
fun for them, but also fun for me as a videographer, because to be honest, doing videography work is, it, it can be fun, but oftentimes you find yourself, um, getting bored very easily because it's a lot of the same thing over and over again. But with, um, but by doing videography, it's also, it's also good training in filmmaking in that you train yourself to move quickly. You train yourself to think on your feet as fast as possible, especially when, especially when you're doing something that's live, like a wedding or like an event or what have you, where it's all about the moments. And if you miss that moment, it's gone. So it's good training in that sense to think quickly and to also develop a, uh, a, uh, I guess a, a more disciplined eye to quickly catch something and, and know when to get the good shot. And especially when you're, you're making a movie and you're on a tight schedule and you know that you have to get the certain shot, but you know, you play, but you know, you can't get us so yet to make a compromise. And, and I think by, by doing videography, I've learned how to make a compromise, but still getting, getting the same results and getting that creative shot that I wanted. It may not be the exact vision of my head, but it will be a good alternative, so to speak. I know in, in uh, one of the other thing you, you talk a lot, uh, you talk some in the book about, uh, sending about sending your uh, films out to uh, film critics and seeing if they're interested in uh, seeing if they're interested in um, reviewing them for their websites and just getting feedback on your work and one of the things that you uh, mentioned about that and also about uh, especially film festival submissions is the idea that as as an art, as an artist, as a filmmaker, it's important to sort of develop a thick skin because of the fact yes. that, uh, you know, you obviously, uh, nobody really likes uh, negative criticism, but at the same time, it's as, as an artist, it is important to grow. And that's one of the things that I know when I first started doing music about 15, 20 years ago, that that was important to me. That was something that I need to, really uh hone in on and make sure that i could make sure that i could do is develop a thick skin and just really let criticism uh influence me in a positive way as opposed to a negative way right right and yeah no i i i totally agree with that yeah it's uh it's a tough thing to uh to face but you know it's one of those things that uh you know, we as artists uh, need in order, like you said, in order to grow and, and ultimately uh, ultimately develop the, um, our voice as artists. Because uh, I think I think with criticism also comes a a honing of your voice and a honing of your craft to the point that you become what well, I guess I guess you could say uh, unconsciously competent. Because and the reason I say that is because when you're making something, you're worried about every little thing, but until you master it, you become so good at it that it becomes almost second nature. Um, and so I think, I think in that sense, yes, uh, criticism is definitely a much needed thing. Um, were you, were you nervous, uh, those first times that you, uh, seeked out, um, seeked out criticism or, you know, seeked out reviews for your films the first time, uh, some of the first times that you did that? Oh, absolutely. I was, um, 
because uh, the first film I ever got that ever has been reviewed of anything I've done was it was Still Life, and uh, the first review that it got wasn't really very good. Um, it was um, I'm not going to say who it was, but uh, but this person, uh, but this person, I uh, j- just didn't uh, see. He saw some good in it, but ultimately he thought it just looked and felt like a student film, and that it was cliched story. So. You know, that was very upsetting, especially for a first review. But uh, I just marched on. I sent it to more critics. And then gradually I started seeing more more and more positive reviews for that particular project. And then that kind of gave me the confidence to keep sending it out. But even when, but even then, I still, uh, even when I send a film out now, like I'm still, I'm still never sure. So there's always that sense of nervousness, apprehension, uh, but uh but in the end, it's uh, it's nice it's nice when uh, somebody sees something that, that that you did, not only appreciates it but also sees other layers of it that you yourself probably didn't even see. Like with still life, there was one critic that picked up on the fact that most of the shots were static, and the critic said, "Oh, it's very much like a photograph, like the photographer." I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, you know, I wish I thought of that, but yeah, I wish I, I wasn't I wasn't that smart at the time to really pick up on that idea. But but things like that that really. It's very very gratifying when I see comments like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's yeah, I mean I, I know I've had a couple of interactions with uh filmmakers where it's like I think I've pointed out something in their reviews or, or in my review of their work and it's like I didn't really think about that or it's like boy, yeah. you absolutely nailed that and it's like a lot of people have not. So that was yeah, that's that's uh it's 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 nice for me to hear that it's like okay, so I'm on this film I'm on the same wavelength as this filmmaker, and oh, right, as well as possibly the filmmaker going, oh wow, that's something I you know didn't really think about even in my own work, and so right, you know, yeah, and I I can imagine that it definitely uh, pushes you uh, the next time you go out, and it's like okay, so what are the different layers that I can uh, I can bring out of this particular project. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, if I'm gonna to uh, step away for a minute, I need to. Uh, our our cat is uh, chewing on my cord, so I'm trying to. I'm <laughs> out here. Just a uh, it's fine. <laughs> okay, I'm back. It's okay. <laughs> Okay. Um, well, let's uh, let's talk about Still Life a little bit. I believe that, that I'm pretty sure that was the first film of yours that I had uh, seen. I believe yes. either 2012 or 2013 is when I. Uh, yeah, I think. That. Yep. So I think it was like yep, 2012. Yep. And um, well, one of the it, it's been a while since I've seen it, but um, what what exactly uh, what. What sort of inspired you in uh, making that film, and uh, sort of just what you know? What was it that? Uh, what was it, what was it that I guess uh, inspired you to make that film? Because that, that was one of your uh, very first uh, sort of projects, yes. right? Yeah, I, I had just when I made that, I was just finishing college, uh, and. Uh, just getting my degree and I just finished it. And when I wasn't, um, and when I, and every night I would come home, like, I think it was around, yeah, 2012 was when I wrote it as well. So 
so after I'd come home from classes, um, I would spend my nights do, uh, writing the script. Um, and uh, the idea, I guess, came from real life uh, because um, because I was going through a period where, you know, like much like we talked about, it was my first time ever, you know, going into uh, getting up in front of a class, presenting my work, and, you know, for the first time, you know, somebody critiquing my work because before then, you know, you showed a friends and family, everybody says you're brilliant, you know, so it's like, you know, it's, uh, it's often a misleading uh, thing. So you, so you develop this kind of idea that, uh, not, that everything you do is gold and you can't, you know, you can't possibly mess up, you know, and so when I first uh, made something in school and I uh, showed it and I had my professor, my classmates critiquing me. It was, it was a very eye-opening experience where I was like, oh, wow. Um, never, never felt like this before after showing something. And so I kind of, uh, so I learned very quickly uh, the importance of critique and failure. And so I took those feelings and basically wrote, wrote the script. And, um, and, and, and it's funny, like at first it was, it was from a place of anger where the character was very angry, very defensive, and it just wasn't didn't work. And so after I showed it to a few folks and they also the same thing, they said, yeah, they said, yeah, they said, yeah, this character's too angry. And so he eventually ends up with the attitude that he has now. Um, and so, uh, I, uh, so yeah, it just came from a place of, of, uh, personal experience and also kind of a way of like, uh, teaching myself, um, in a way, the message of the film, which is that, um, you could grow through critique and failure and ultimately, you know, persevere as an artist doesn't mean you're not talented. doesn't mean you're not good. It just means that uh, there are places of improvement. And so uh, that, that was kind of the basis of the film. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's one of the, yeah. And like, like you were talking about, it's like, it's, it's one thing to, uh, to share your work with like friends and family and what have you. And you'll, you'll, you're almost certain to get that positive validation of, oh, you're doing a good yeah. job. And then, and then you show to other people doing, you know, their own work and it's a very different thing. I've definitely, right, I, yeah. I've definitely felt that myself uh, as, as a musician <laughs> and a uh, composer. Oh, yeah. Um, one of the, I think the most, the last uh, short film of yours that I watched was, uh, Please punish me, which uh, yes. you sent me last year, and I really enjoyed. And, Thank uh, you. What 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 was I? I know you didn't you didn't write the script to that one, did you? I did not. No, no, um, no, no. The last script I actually wrote um, up until that point was Still Life, because um, the other two I did after that, Always a Reason to Stay Nice, and then and then this one, they were all written by somebody else, and so I decided to. Uh, so this script, it's funny how this came about because I finished Still Life, it was doing well on the festival circuit, and then I got approached by a friend of mine, uh, well, someone who I just met by that point, he's an actor, uh, Tom Paolino, and he had, uh, and he approached me about working on stuff together, and so he said that he had this, he had this script that was sitting on a flash drive for like at least a good, good number of years, I don't, I'm not sure how long, but then he he sent me this like the seven page script. It was called the house of no. And I read it and, and I, and, and, it, and just like in please punish me, you know, it's a 
guy who doesn't isn't particularly fond of his job, and he ends up in a um, in a BDSM kind of a uh, uh, place. Gets beat, and then similar kind of ending, a little different from what I recall. Um, and I thought it was a good, and I thought the idea was so intriguing, especially the ending. The ending, I was just like, okay, yeah, yeah. I, I was like, oh yeah, I definitely have to do this because at first I was very nervous because when I read it. And I got to that scene, I was like, I was like, how the hell am I going to do this? I don't know anything about that. I don't know anything about this. This is too weird for me. But then as I kept reading it, I was just like, I was like, okay, I get the point now. And so that prompted me to say, yeah, I definitely want to do this. And so I uh, told Tom I'm interested, but I told him that I would like to see some rewrites. And he said, sure, no problem. So I sent it to my good friend, Rich Camp, who I, who, whom I had worked with for, He's my best friend, and we've worked together for at least like five or six years now, uh, he and I. And so uh, I told him to look look at it, take a look at it, see what he could do with it. And so he kind of amped up the story, made it a little bit longer, amped up some of the uh, comedy a little bit, and and that was kind of that was kind of the result. But was that like he like it was his idea to add in the uh, the boardroom scene where the guys are grumbling with their cigars and things like that, and some of the other. You know, little jokes here and there. Uh, and so, yeah, that was all Rich and Tom's uh, writing. And then from that point, uh, we, we ended up casting in, I think, summer of 2013, I want to say. And then we shot in in uh, the winter of 2014 and released it last year. Well, so, yeah. Um, well, I know, yeah, and that one's, uh, that one's actually uh, done pretty decently on the festival circuit as well, if I remember Oh yeah, yeah. We've we've now. I mean, we've just uh, we played in twenty one festivals now, and uh, we won won a couple of awards actually. Um, like as of late, uh, actually, it's like it's funny. Like I had a slow start on the festivals. Like at first, it was getting a lot of rejections uh, because of the subject matter, but then eventually it just kicked, and now all of a sudden it's been getting accepted like left and right. And we just we and you know we just we won a bunch of these awards this year. So I mean, it's been. Very gratifying to see it to see it do do as well as it's doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything? Uh, do you have anything you're working on right now as far as uh, films? Yeah, quite a few things. Um, I just finished um, a short film that I directed and also wrote. It's the first script I've read since Still Life, um, and this one is called Undateman Line, and it's basically about a guy who. Uh, it's also a comedy. It's about a guy who uh, is going back into the dating world for the first time in a long time. So uh, he discovers that he needs a resume and cover letter in order to date. And so we uh, just shot that a few weeks ago, and now it's in post-production. And I just saw the rock cut, actually, very recently. And and, and it's I'm really proud of it. It's really fantastic. Uh, so I'm happy about that one. And I also shot another film in October called The Deja Vuers, and it's about people that experience, you know, they, uh, they experience deja vu, and they try to figure out where it comes from. Um, it's written by a guy from Tennessee named uh, Jason K. Allen, and that that's almost finished editing, and, and uh, yeah, I have, and there's another short that a friend of mine are doing probably this year, or either in December or sometime next year, all that, and I really want to write my first feature currently, and and hopefully, so hopefully, start another book. Who knows? So yeah, I mean, just keep keeping trying to keep as busy as possible and as creative as I could be. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'll, and obviously, I'll definitely, uh, I'll definitely uh, check out those uh, 
short films, uh, once once those are uh, ready to watch, I'll definitely be on the lookout for to hear from you. Excellent. That. Um, so in in your book, and just based on you know following you on uh, social media, I know that uh, Martin Scorsese is uh, your favorite filmmaker of all time, and perfectly understandable why. You know, yes. Huge fan of his myself. Uh, what other uh, what other uh, filmmakers um, do you list? Do you consider favorite? Do you consider uh, some of the people who have influenced you most over the years? Hmm. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of filmmakers I love like that. Uh, there is also I love Barbara Hitchcock. Um, I also love Stanley Kubrick, David Cronenberg. Michael Cimino, uh, who I think is a highly underrated director um, uh, in my regard, uh, and also uh, I also I also uh, love Francois Truffaut. Uh, I, I love his work to death. He's wonderful. Um, was wonderful, I should say. Yeah. Um, Fellini, uh, like just all, all the great directors like that. I just I, I I adore their work. And you're you're uh, if I remember correctly, you're a Tarkovsky fan as well, right? Oh yeah, I love yeah. Tarzowski. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, yeah, Stalker, Stalker, which I think uh, it's all, it's. I mean, to be honest, it's one of the few of his I've actually seen. There's still quite a few I need to see, but yeah, Stalker for me is just it's a masterpiece. Just the beautiful cinematography. I love the way he holds a shot for uh, for just a number of minutes, and for today's audiences, that would be too much. But I don't know. There's there's something to appreciate about that, and there's something that's. Very, they look like his shots look like paintings. They look like dreams. Yeah. They're, they're wonderful. Yeah, yeah. I re I remember Stalker was actually the first one of his that I had watched uh, when yeah. I first started watching his movies, and I was really it. It is really it really do does test your patience as an audience member. It's like it's right. two hours forty minutes. It's very slow, but. If you can, if you can get into the rhythms and the uh, the way he tells that story, it's really just it really will grab hold of you, and you just can't help but follow those. Oh, those exactly, stories. yeah. Um, it, oh, exactly, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I I actually I own all of his uh, features as well as his oh, it's uh, excellent. film. film. I'm still waiting on Criterion Collection to re-release Andre Rublev. That's the only one they've released yes. previously that they haven't re-released in high definition. That annoys the living daylights out of me because oh yeah, just how amazing that movie is on a uh, visual level. Um, so what? What? I I know uh, based you know based on you know following you on you know Facebook and what have you. It's like I know you're. You you have a uh, you seem to have a soft spot for boxing. And I mean, I know for boxing? Oh yeah. yeah. And I know uh, Raging Bull and uh, Rocky are some of your favorite films. Um, yes. What other films uh, would you would you uh, consider some of your favorites? Uh, let's see. Other favorite, uh, the original King Kong, I would say, is uh, one of my favorites. Uh, I would also say. Um, Wizard of Oz. Um, let's see. Yeah, Wizard of Oz, King Kong, uh, The Godfather, Cinema Paradiso, Day for Night, um, by Truffaut, Eight and a Half. Uh, also, uh, 
uh, being John Malkovich, like pretty much anything by Charlie Kaufman, I, yeah. I absolutely adore. Yeah. You know, his, his movies are just like, I think of all the screenwriters, his films inspire me the most because his work is so meditative, but yet it's so, um, surreal and wonderful. It's the kind of, it's the kind of films I wish to make. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, eight and a half doesn't surprise me at all. It's like if there's if there's somebody who loves cinema and wants to make movies who isn't really inspired by eight and a half, I'd kind of be surprised by yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, they, I should also mention. Yeah, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was going to also say another one which I love uh, by Michael Powell called Peeping Tom, which I think yeah. is just it, it. It it that movie for me is an absolute masterpiece. Right. Um, and also Hitchcock's films like Psycho and you know, uh, Vertigo. Yeah. You know, Kubrick's films like like uh, Clockwork Orange, uh, like like those films, I just I find I find just absolutely stunning in every way possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean this this is this is part of why you know wanted to have you on just because I feel like I could just talk movies with you for for a yeah. long time, and it's like it, that alone. Even if you didn't have like your own projects or anything like that to talk about it's like we could probably talk about that pretty comfortably for at least 20 30 minutes or or so oh i i i agree i mean um i started taking an acting class recently um and my acting teacher is also a director and so uh after class just this past week you know he and i were we were just talking film we must have been talking there for about two hours about all the different (laughs) films that we liked like we just like it was like, that, that's just the way it is. Like, you know, it's like, I think Frank Capra said it best. Frank Capra said, you know, film was like a drug. You know, it's like, yeah. once you start it, you just can't stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I, yeah, and I, I think I had heard that quote in uh, Scorsese's uh, documentary on American films, which is... Oh, yes. I, I, yep. I've watched dozens of times over the years. It's like, that. that to me is just... If you want a solid primer to American cinema or just cinema in general, it's like that in his Italian film documentary kind of does it right yeah. there. Oh yeah, um, I, I totally agree, and and, and it, that's what I love about about him so much is that he has this contagious passion for cinema and this contagious knowledge of cinema that's just totally unparalleled with any other filmmaker that I know, other than Quentin Tarantino, who. Whom I'm not really a fan of, but I but I like his work nonetheless. You know, I'm just not really a fan of of QT. But I do. But what Scorsese is different. It's genuine. It feels it feels right when you when you listen to him speak. Right. Oh, absolutely. And you know, it, it's it's funny. It's like when Hugo came out a few years ago. It's like you you put in context of those documentaries. It's like those documentaries are sort of like your graduate course. Scorsese's giving you on. Cinema. Hugo is more like film appreciation, you know, because yeah, I, I, it, ex- it, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I would even argue that Hugo is an autobiography in a way, oh, yeah, you know, absolutely. What, what has been the uh, feedback from uh, filmmakers? Have you heard from filmmakers who've read uh, filmmakers journey or followed your uh, vlog and uh, what have they had to say? Yeah. Yeah. Quite a few. A lot of these said, a lot of it very positive. I hit the nail around the head with what I've written, and uh, and there were some that just that are up and comers that didn't know a lot of the stuff and and said and said, oh wow, I didn't I didn't know some of the stuff. You know, thanks for sharing your story. Like even actors have even come to me and said, you know, I never knew what it was like 
from a director's perspective to make a movie, but thanks to your book, you know, now I know. Right. Uh, and so, so the feedback has been very, very positive, both, uh, from, both from, uh, film critics such as yourself who have reviewed it and looked at it on, and uh, reviewed it on their websites or even, um, talked about on podcasts or, um, even, uh, recently I just got a review from a, uh, someone who's not a filmmaker, um, not even in the film business, but a, but a literature critic. And I thought, well, okay, you know, let me see, let me see how, how this does because, you know, it's, you know, the book is not Shakespeare. I, I mean, I'd be lying if I said if it was Shakespeare, but, you know, but the person who read it said, um, first of all, she loved it, which was great. And she saw what I was trying to do. So, um, and one thing she noted that I thought was fascinating was that she said, you know, this book isn't just for filmmakers. It's also for those who are young and up and coming and also, uh, starting a career in any field, uh, given a creative endeavor or any kind of other endeavor that's, you know, uh, all the, all the same, advice that I give applies to any field. And I really didn't think of it that way, but, but in a way it's true in that sense. Mm -hmm. No. And I would, I would actually definitely agree with that. I mean, as, as a creative individual myself, I resonate, it resonates with me on that level, but, uh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I can definitely see it being, uh, being something that, you know, it, inspires you regardless of what you're trying to get into and what, what you're trying to do in your life, regardless of whether it's creative or not. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. Just really, uh, and, and it, and just really giving you a, a good indication of sort of what it's like to be an adult and to, you know, live a life. And yeah, in general, it's like, you know, sometimes you have to, take jobs that you don't necessarily want, but it's like sometimes that job can be positive in ways that you don't necessarily expect. And I, I, Absolutely, yeah. I mean, and uh, like I mentioned in the book too, like when I did my internship in LA um, with Ala Entertainment, you know, that was another thing where, you know, I think I think most young people will look at that and say, oh yeah, no, I'm not going to work for nothing and do this job. But I mean, but, but no, I, I honestly learned a lot by not just from reading the screenplays I read and doing the script coverage, and, but I also learned about the industry by watching how the executives worked and what happens in the day-to-day -day operations, and even just grabbing their coffee or grabbing their lunch by doing that. Um, uh, you know, they remembered who I was, and they would put me on assignments that the other interns wouldn't get. So, uh, in a way, I think I stood out in that sense. And you know, I got some, in like being in LA. I, I figured, well, you know, I'm here. You know, I'm not just going to do my internship. I'm going to take the opportunity to meet other people. And so I even got to meet um, one of my favorite directors, uh, Kenneth Johnson, who who did uh, the, the Incredible Hulk TV series, Short Circuit 2, just so many yeah. great things. And and he, he also taught me a lot as well. And, you know, by inviting me to his class and such, and then just sitting down with me for an hour and talking to me about about film, about filmmaking. He had seen Still Life and he loved it. And so it was, it, so it was nice to... Uh, get that kind of appreciation for one of your heroes. Yeah. No, that, and yeah, when you, when you talked about that in the book, I mean, that was, that was definitely something that stood out to me as, uh, yeah. And I mean, you, you really, uh, you, you really, uh, capture a lot of what it is, you know, some of the, the, the struggle of trying to do what you love as well as some of the, uh, the, the positives. And I mean, you know, being able to meet your, one of your heroes like that is, uh, definitely, it, it's definitely something that, uh, 
you know, that really resonated with me personally. Mm. And, uh, well, um, thank you very much for the time today. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, likewise. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely, we'll definitely do this again sometime. I know, uh, with your, I was actually, uh, I, I definitely want to, uh, Around the time when uh, Silence does come out, Scorsese's new one, which I know you're looking forward yep. to as well as I am. Yeah, I was very much. I was going to, I was going to do a uh, podcast on Last Temptation of Christ and Kundun. Uh, wow! Yeah. So, and it occurred to me yesterday. It's like you know, Chris would be a good person to have on that and be able to talk. Yeah, yeah. On that one. Yeah. So it's like, hopefully we can definitely do that uh, in the next uh, month or two. That'll be great. I'd love to. All right. Well, thank you very much for your time today. No, thank and, you. I'm uh, going to do a uh, quick um, close out here and then uh, turn off the recording and make sure we've got everything before I uh, let you go. All right. Great. All right. Just a minute. Thank you very much to Chris Esper for joining me today. Again, you can find his book, The Filmmaker's Journey, online. Uh, you can also watch his vlog at uh, Stories in Motion on YouTube. And his films include Still Life and Please Punish Me. It's good to talk to him. And like I said in the interview, in sometime in the next month or two, hopefully I'll be able to talk to him again, this time about... Uh, couple of Scorsese films that will uh, seem uh, quite fitting for when Silence, his newest film, comes out, uh, Last Temptation of Christ and Kundun. So I'm looking forward to that conversation. Uh, thank you very much for joining us today at SonicCinema.com, and I hope you have a lovely holiday. Thank you. <laughs>